0: Oh, Hello, players. My name is Rune Ortega, and in this episode, I'm looking at lore and related media to help inspire your next game of Blades in the Dark. Join with me, as always, is my co host, Cade.
1: Hi, I'm Cade. I'm sick, so that wasn't as high pitched as it usually is. <laughs> and we are also joined by our
0: friends, Jaden. Hey, and Jody. Hello, my friends. All right, well, with that, uh, let's get into this so uh guys we are here to look at what could inspire your next game of blades in the dark so uh, who wants to go first with what they brought to the table
2: sure I, I oh oh Canadian standoff <laughs> we do that a lot we do do that yeah a lot.
0: who okay. had a double double I'm lost? just gonna get
2: it I'm just gonna get it out of the way <laughs> uh, okay so I watched snatch which is I can't remember what year it came out it's like 2000 or like early 2000s, early 2000s. anyway, Thanks, yeah. uh, directed by Guy Ritchie and starring some staple uh, UK actors. We got Jason Statham in there. Uh, who the heck else? Anyway, um, it's a comedy, like a British comedy crime. Like you could loosely call it a heist because everybody's trying to steal something. Uh,
3: There's like It three is exactly
0: 2000.
2: 2000? That's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, Brad Pitt. That's the
0: other star I was trying to say. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Brad Um,
3: Pitt's in that one. Yeah.
0: Benicio Del Toro.
2: And it basically has, like, three or four, like, separate, like, heist or, like, theft plots all going on at the same time. There's, like, a crooked boxing match, a diamond, people chasing the diamond, and people chasing the people chasing the diamond. And they, like, all are vaguely aware but unaware of each other, and they constantly step on each other's toes, and it's just... Funny one-liner after funny one-liner. And I think, like, the the pacing of that movie when I was watching it, it's really, like, fast and snappy, like, all the time. Like, dialogue, scenes, cuts, everything. And it kind of felt a little bit like playing Blades in the Dark that way. With, like, we kept saying it was, like, snappy to play. So I feel it kind of matches the pacing in that way. But also, like, it's a good... I think from a comedy perspective, it gives so much stuff that you could pick out to use as flavor in your own like crime or heist setting in this game like the amount of personality that the like every person from every different faction has gives you like a pretty good guideline on how you could create interesting npcs and crime bosses and like bouncers at nightclubs or whatever in blades in the dark Um, there's a hundred great one-liners and funny situations that you could take out of the show um and i think when i was watching it again like blades in the dark where any time it's anytime it says you fail a role it gives you a way forward and i feel like snatch has so many good examples of how a failed situation drives the plot forward and it can do it in like funny and unexpected ways that succeeding at something doesn't necessarily bring to the table so I think watching a movie like that and bringing that kind of like slapstick comedy to a heist in Blades in the Dark could be pretty cool.
0: I really dig the the idea of fail forward in all tabletop games, but like especially <clears throat> in in more rules light games like Monster of the Week. And Blades in the Dark, because it feels like they, they have the rule, be a, a fan of the players. But it really feels like that's exactly what you're trying to do. Like, yet yeah, your role sucked. Like, let's just call it what it was. It was a one out of six. Uh, it's the worst roll that you could make. But that doesn't mean that you're automatically just like, well, they take you down with a million guns and you're dead. End of scene. Like, it's usually like, yeah. ooh, the tension rises. What do you do now?
2: yeah Mm -hmm. and like the the whole plot of Snatch is like every situation only evolves to the next one because the first one didn't go well so they get put into some other wacky scenario and Mm -hmm. I like really like that idea for pacing out a campaign using like an improv heavy system like this where you're kind of just joking around the whole time I got one more thing that I wrote down for it that I forgot about Uh, in the show they kind of like make it's like a recurring joke that every like gun is it turns out to be a fake or people don't know how to use it. Or it's like Mm -hmm. a replica or something like that. Every time somebody like pulls out a weapon to threaten the other person, they just almost like joke about it and it resolves itself until the, there's like a lot of people get shot at the end, but even that's like used to (laughs) comedic effect and it got me thinking like in our game that we played a blades in the dark, we didn't really fight anybody except when we absolutely had to and it got me thinking about like a a crime situation or like a crime campaign in a setting like this where like what you have access to is really tightly controlled. It's like always expected in these games that you have like weapons and like equipment. But like Mm. actually using that like really limited access to dangerous things as like a a limiting factor or a a thing that they have to like solve, like a problem they have to solve, like acquiring weapons as like a whole objective within the campaign could be kind of interesting. And, and there's, like, a light
0: encumbrance system in Blades in the Dark. Yeah. But yet it's so light that, like, I it felt inconsequential, like, in the grand scheme of the game. Um, but to go back to what you were talking about um, with the movie, like, the only reason anything happens is because the first one, like, went wrong or, or you know, like, it was a chain of events. Yeah. That wasn't 100% how I felt our game felt the entire time we were playing. It's just like, okay, so, like, the only reason... That we're, you know, having to uh, pretend that I'm a merchant looking for my cart or whatever is because we didn't get our role to escape. And now the only reason that Cade's getting waterboarded is because we forgot and we had to force a a flashback and like didn't really get a great flashback. You know, like it was that whole like, okay, what next? But at the same time, I feel like we can make it through this.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I could add to this conversation about Snatch other than everyone should watch it. It is a classic on, on across every level, especially as a heist movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's just be, I think everything you said is, is all the best uses for it. I, I can't think of anything specifically more I'd add to it.
2: <laughs> also got me thinking about the underground fighting ring as like a mm-hmm. feature in this game. Could be yeah. kind of cool. Okay, well, um, I'll go next. Uh,
0: So I uh, immediately, like, when we were even just planning to play, for some reason, Ocean's Eleven was all I could think about because to me, like, that, it came out in a year where I was, like, I was still, you know, a preteen or whatever, and so it hit me at a really good point in my life to just, that movie's so great, and it's such a wonderful cast, but... I knew it wasn't the original, and I was like, everybody knows Ocean's Eleven. Not a lot of people know that it's a remake. And so I ended up watching the 1960 original Ocean's Eleven. Uh, And it's crazy. So it has basically the whole Rat Pack is its starring cast. (laughs) Uh, So like, we're talking Frank Sinatra plays Danny Ocean. Um, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter <laughs> Lawford—like uh, it's like it's packed with people—and then like people make cameos, or like uh, Cesar Romero and um, uh, Red Skellington. Like there's so many people from that era. It's it's star-packed, um, and it, it's a little bit different from the George Clooney version. So um, they're going to hit up five casinos. Uh, in one night, it's a, it's a big kind of thing. Uh, you can tell that Las Vegas isn't as developed as it would have been when the uh, George Clooney one was filmed. Um, and uh, the, the, the thing that I thought was nice, it was a nice touch, was that they were all World War II veterans. And so, like, it was what held them together is that they were in the same battalion. Um, that is pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool angle. Unfortunately, I kind of feel like that's the only thing that it did that I was like, <laughs> "Wow, that's really cool." Um, I'm going to be honest: the the Steven Soderbergh uh, George Clooney remake is a it's it's one of those times where the remake is the superior movie. Um, it doesn't happen often, in my opinion, but it really did in this one and so even looking at the wikipedia page for it um it talks about how reviews were mixed at the time i had to laugh because one of the reviewers said they found it mixed because it was like morally gray the boys didn't learn their lesson and i was like <laughs> that's a weird take for a heist movie um yeah.
2: different time
0: <laughs> yeah um i i also like i don't know do you guys care if i if, spoil this movie Not particularly. It's
3: from the 60s. If you haven't seen it now, it is far past spoiler warning (laughs) territory.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's older than our parents. So, um, Oh, not true. (laughs) Maybe not for you, but for me. (laughs) Not my wife, though. Yeah. Um, So they don't get the money Mm -hmm. in the end. Um, So one of the characters dies of a heart attack, and they sneak into the morgue to... Or sorry, into the funeral home to put the money into his casket because the casket's supposed to get shipped back to San Francisco. Um, and meanwhile, like the casinos are onto him, like like somebody has found out who it is. Um, and then at the like the very last scene is they're like, "What's that sound?" And they like re- they like lean over to somebody. And they're like, "Do you know what that is?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, the body's being cremated." No. <laughs> <laughs> That's they just like, dead. yeah, it goes down the line of the remaining 10 and they like look at each other. And then you just see them like walking away dejected. And like, that's how the movie ends. <laughs> that's
3: funny. I like that. I like that ending. That's not bad. That would be a good, like, if you're playing a long campaign to be like, yeah, we just scored our big heist. And then it's like, and it was all for naught. Yeah. Let's plan the next one, guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, it was, uh, It wasn't like it was a waste of my time to watch. It was a good movie, and like it was, it was just fine. Um, But I definitely don't think that it gets me as hyped up as the uh, the remake does. Including like the actual like the first hour of it is just going through every single character and how their like how their relationship with Danny is, but then like what their entire background is. You know, like who's the Mm -hmm. mama's boy, Uh, who's the cowboy, like all those things. But it's all done through conversation. And so it's like, it's kind of like, okay, we could speed this up. Like, I don't need to know absolutely everything. Um, We got a lot better at writing scripts after a certain time. Yeah. And I I do realize that some of that is part of that. But so ultimately, though, what I would say that this can bring to your tabletop game um, is it, it does a really good job of bringing in like the actual plan of like okay so what is our our planning phase how are we going to pull this off which blades in the dark that is one of the coolest features as you actually in real time are planning out your heist and you're talking through in role play what you're going to do um and this shows that really well it it shows how like everybody at that table can bring a unique idea to just like tweak the plan that much more based on their character, and mm-hmm. I think that that's sometimes that people gloss over is like they want the best plan, but they don't think about the plan yes. that actually suits their character.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also I think that the, like the story of like all of you being veterans would be a, a cool like that's our crew, we were all like you said, we were part of the same battalion, now this is what we've moved on to, and you could even steal the, the backstory of each character idea and not do it better where, like, we're actually going to play, like, two sessions where all of you are going to have, like, this is why you're the defining moment, the demolition specialist guy. We're actually going to put you guys in the war and, like, you know, let's say Duskfall will make up a thing and so someone's trying to get into the city and you're defending it or something. And so the demolitions guy, he ends up going and he has to do his thing and blow up, you know, an entrenchment or something like that. And, you know, everyone gets their, like, quick little moment. But that is stretching some of what the movie did, obviously, since they only use speech. You know what? Like, I
0: I do think that in terms of the actual heist moment, they did do that really well, like, giving everybody their moment. Like, you see Mm -hmm. the guy who's the electrician who goes in to, like, cross the circuits so that instead of the emergency lights coming on, the cage is open. Um, You see, like, the guy who's, uh, he's, like, a ballroom entertainer, and so he's, like, keeping the crowd occupied. That one's
1: Sammy Um, Davis Jr., isn't it?
0: Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, um, I I believe so. I'm gonna be honest that like that is not. Oh, it wasn't Sammy Davis no? Jr. No, oh, I'm sorry. Waste. Um, who was it? It was Dean Martin. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. was. Uh, he was the dump truck driver right, because they stuffed that, all the money into trash cans and then he went around and collected it and then like took it to <laughs> the dump where they had like a like a hideaway in a pile of, like, rubbish hollowed out that they then hid it in.
3: It seems like you had, like, I, the movie solved there. Just leave your stuff hidden in that trash bin, come back, like, five years later and get it.
0: I thought so, too. And then they felt like they had to get it shipped back to San Francisco, but because they would already been tagged as probably having done it, they, like, mm. couldn't have it on them themselves.
3: Yeah.
2: I do think that that the idea, though, that you picked out of, like, everybody having their own special moment during the heist is, like, important for whoever's running the game to keep in mind, like, specific, like, Mm -hmm. in every game, like, people could have cool moments. That's, like, a nice goal, but especially in this one, you could, like, have something not necessarily set up, but make sure to have in your back pocket for improving like, some cool moment for everybody. Or if it seems like it's happening naturally, just, like, subtly encourage it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I didn't have anything planned because I didn't really... Like, I looked over your guys' character sheets to see, like, kind of what I was dealing with, but I didn't really think of anything. Like, actually, I got to say that Ruin brought up his mask and his ghost stuff a lot, and I, I didn't even read that on his character sheet. I just didn't pay attention to it when I was going over it. So I was like he's gonna bring it up again and I'm gonna have to let him use it because like clearly he wants to use it and I did not plan for this so like you guys were really good about taking your moments and making your moments yourself I think this game makes it easy for each individual character to have a moment but I do (laughs) agree with Jody that like actually having something kind of in the back pocket just to throw out there or something is definitely a useful thing because yeah that's the heist movie 101 is everyone gets their at least one scene right like you know, the acrobatic guy in the original one gets to come in and flip through the vault and do all of his stuff. I think it's is that Jet Li. I think it's Jet Li. Yeah. Um, and the, not in the original, but in the th- remake. And and you know, and then the old dude gets to do his schmoozing and talking to people because that's he's the face and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone has their role to play, and if you don't let everyone actually have a moment to play their role, I feel like you would feel like the story is a little less fleshed out than necessary yeah
0: and you know you just jog my memory on like related movies that would fit this kind of genre it's like i'm thinking of uh the mission impossible movies um big time yeah yeah, the like the the first tom cruise mission impossible i think does that really well i think the further they go along though they get worse at it because it's like tom cruise is the star Mm-hmm. yeah that's fair all right well you know what guys uh this is great conversation but my mug's looking a little empty so let's grab a refill Hey, Table Hell Players, it's Ruin here. We're just taking a quick coffee refill. And as we do that, we wanted to talk to you about some of the exciting possibilities that we have here in the Natural 20 Cafe. Join with me to do that is my co-host Cade. Hey.
1: I'm still Cade uh, from the beginning and now. Uh, We have some really awesome things that we would love for you to be aware of. First of all, we have our Patreon. If you like the show and would like to support us more while getting some extra goodies along the way, please consider checking us out on Patreon at Cantrips and Coffee. Uh, For a couple of bucks, you can support us while also getting some amazing bonuses like our exclusive Discord, some extra special side podcasts that aren't released anywhere else, as well as uncut episodes of this Show you're listening to right now we're even funnier if you don't filter us
0: you can also join us on all forms of social media we are most active on instagram and tiktok and uh yeah we like to think we're funny and post funny things there and so uh join in on the conversation and who knows maybe look forward to a contest or something that we throw at you once in a while but uh with that i think those beans are being done brewing and we're gonna get back into the episode all right we are back and highly caffeinated
1: sure i'll go jade and i just stared at each other in discord um so yeah so for me um the thing i brought to talk about is the hitman video game series uh particularly the newest ones uh because those are the only ones that i've played i haven't actually played the originals fight me in the comments. Um, <laughs> But yeah, basically you play a uh, contracted hitman. Shock, I know. Um, and each mission is you going and hunting down a new target and infiltrating how to best get to them. Um, how are you going to get access to them? How are you going to kill them? And then how are you going to escape from it? Um, and yeah, the newest one has like really interesting like, set locations where you can do this, um, like, I think the very first mission is you're on, like, a party yacht, uh, and you have to kill the guy who's hosting the party on his yacht and then escape, um, and there's a bunch of different angles you can go at it, you can dress up as a worker, you can just stealth your way through, stab him with an ice pick and then leave, um, you can forge a invitation to get on as a guest, all those kinds of things. Um, there's one where it's like a fashion show and you can pose as a male model for the fashion show to get access to one (laughs) of the people. Um, yeah. So I, what I think that you could use, um, to like kind of pull from this for your games is just different ways that your players would be able to achieve the same objective. I think a lot of the times, uh, and I know I've done this as a DM, it's really easy to be like, this is the solution to the problem. That's what they have to do. Um, whereas with this, you can kind of open your mind to a little bit more possibilities of like, okay, this is what one way to do it, but if they do X, Y, Z instead of A, B, C, can they still get to the same spot? And if so, like, what other obstacles can they run through? Um, a lot of the times, like good DMs will just have to make that up on the spot. But if you kind of think about those other avenues to success beforehand it makes your life a lot easier because you don't have to improv it Mm -hmm.
3: yeah i think that's like a huge um benefit to it it's like that sandboxy like here's the space you're allowed to play in but then you're gonna really figure it out like we're not gonna get to the point where like you can literally do anything Mm -hmm. there is obviously you know these are the guys you can kill this there's a you know so many ways to kill each guard but you still have to you know dispatch the guard or get them out of your space or something like that like you have your overarching goals of which you need to achieve but then you decide how you want to interact with those overarching goals like i think that's a very useful thing for this game i think that would be a skill set that if you want to run this game you really need to work on Mm -hmm. and the the hitman games
1: encourage that as well again at least the newer ones do because you can get different bonuses if like you only kill the main objective you don't kill any guards um Mm -hmm. or if you you know a certain avenue um like you know you get onto the yacht by swimming instead of by boarding it with everybody else or whatever um so it encourages you to look at the same situation in multiple different ways
3: mm-hmm. i
0: think yeah. that's just
1: really good advice as
0: a gm like or for a gm it's just you know like a sandbox doesn't mean there's endless potential it means that, like, it's a, an area to play. And so, like, if you can present, prevent, or present things in that world, such as options, it allows it to feel like a sandbox without having to, like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do that. You know, like, have that that
2: sense of almost, like, dread that you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, like, the flashback system gives the perfect way for everybody to work together to create those cool alternate paths. Like mm-hmm. part of the difficulty in players coming up with like a weird workaround to your carefully crafted puzzle or whatever is that it's that you either have to improv on the fly or like have a ton of things prepared. But with the flashback system, the players have to describe their goal of the flashback and how they would or like how they're thinking it's going to, to go out and the DM can kind of work from there mm-hmm. to flesh out the encounter.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah I you're also, not like, whole cloth creating stuff you're kind of just vibing with what your pa- clip, your players are saying you don't have to be like I know what to do here kind of thing it's like yeah. oh I just have to do what they're asking me to do
0: that's, that's exactly what I was going to say Jaden um, I was wondering when we were playing though like are we abusing the flashbacks like are we using them too much um, and so much so that at the end I was like well we could go with a flashback to try to get out of this situation <laughs> butt and then it's like kate's okay, like okay so he steps out and begins shooting and i was like oh oh that sounds
3: like we're not mm-hmm. it was a better ending anyways
2: mm-hmm.
3: um also i was i was gonna say that i think that the hitman from a player side uh, is also useful for pretty much the same reasons why it's useful <clears throat> for a gm is like have fun with it try an idea if it doesn't work then you're just gonna take a little bit of stress or you might have to you know like we've said your gm should be a fan of you so you shouldn't be scared that like i make one slip up and i'm instantly dead unless you pick a bad situation right? like if you're like there's a sniper on the roof and you really make a mistake then yeah maybe you are gonna get shot and your character is gonna die but that's a really high stakes situation and you're less you know everything's somewhat high stakes in this game but when it's not like death is guaranteed try something and like ruin said before it's not always about having the best plan it's the plan that fits you or fits the situation don't get caught in the like i want this to go perfectly get caught up in the idea of like i'm gonna try this you know like just how the hitman games work you kill that one guard and it turns out oh crap i actually needed to kill him later because now the whole guard you know routine is messed up and someone comes and finds him really quickly and it turns out like i couldn't do that but you know, you're just going to keep working forward from that point. Don't be so caught up in, like, the, I want to do this perfectly. Be caught up in the, I want this to be a compelling story kind of side thing. Although, just which think- is weird, because Hitman, there's some people that are absolutely obsessed about figuring out the perfect run. But ignore those people.
0: Yeah. I'm just thinking about the player who's so determined <laughs> to do the stealth kill. But, like, anytime they kill somebody, somebody else starts to walk along. So, like, I hide in the shadows. Okay, what happens when he approaches? I stealth kill him too, and it's just this never-ending stream of bodies. <laughs>
3: yeah, there's just this pile extreme. of bodies in the ba- in the corner. You almost can't even hide in the shadow of that corner anymore because there's so many bodies <laughs> yeah, in there with you. Well, no, it makes it
2: easier to hide actually. Um, mm-hmm. But I was they gonna, gonna to say me behind a mountain of bodies. Yeah, every time that...
3: they come up to the mountain of bodies, you just jump out and stab them and add them to the pile. Ah. Uh-huh.
2: Uh, I was going to say that I think Hitman is like exactly how I would picture a combat heavy version of yeah. uh, Blades in the Dark though mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. instead of planning elaborate heists you just replace the heist with a you're like a hitman for a criminal yeah. like under under uh, criminal organization and you're going to like assassinate the capo or whatever and you just create like a really cool situation that has a bunch of different ways that you can get in and out of it and it'd be great mm-hmm be hard to play with well no not necessarily i was gonna say be hard to play with more people because like st- like hitman is a stealthy like single person mm-hmm. but you could have just a ele- really elaborate plans and stuff still yeah. one person's in charge
1: of getting the target to a spot one's in charge of killing them what's in charge of disposing the body and
2: then oh you know, yeah exit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that actually like like a, a character that's like imp- like uh infiltrating almost mm-hmm. you know like blending in and actually like talking to people in there and yeah. Like being a part of the environment, yeah. The man on the inside, yeah. I won't lie; my knowledge of Hitman
0: is uh, the two pretty mediocre movies they tried to release.
1: <laughs> so try the new ones. Uh, it's, it's a trilogy, right? Uh, there's a lot of them. There's the oh, original I was, like, I knew trilogy. That they were back on P- like Hitman Absolution and like the new ones.
0: Yeah, I knew there was the like new the ones PlayStation really 2 there. ones, but yeah, I thought the new ones were a, a trilogy, but that might also be. Um, yeah. They look good. They they're on my list of things to play for sure. sure.
2: They were one of the games that I could never beat back as like a teenager, <laughs> and it haunted me forever. <laughs>
0: Diablo 1, man. That's how I
2: felt when I was 10 years old trying to play it. <laughs> Doom.
1: Never beat Doom. <laughs>
2: I feel you on that one. Yeah. We had to use cheats big time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! <laughs> Thank you, Game FAQs. <laughs> uh,
3: okay, well then I will wrap this up. Um, I decided to do specifically the heist episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Now I believe there's one for every season. Maybe there's one season where they missed. So that makes a total of seven or eight episodes. So I didn't watch them all. I've seen them all because I've, I've that's one of my favorite shows. I've watched it like three or four times, probably all the way through. Um, but I watched the first one and then the second one from season one and season two, and you know, like they're they're pretty typical heist. Like I don't think there's anything special in them that you wouldn't get from any other major heist movie. It has the planning, it has the flashback with the twists, it has you know nine times out of ten that they're you know using either it's a like the first two they each different character uh jake perlton and then captain holt each use the crew of the rest of the cast to end up solving their problems in a certain sense and everyone fits their character their role in the um story so like there's a lot of that very um just traditional heist stuff like pick any heist movie and this will give you the kind of same thing so that's a benefit of it is if you only want to sit down for like 30 minutes you can get a pretty comprehensive heist in to just kind of get that feel of what a heist should flow like But I think the real benefit from it, that it kind of stands out on its own, is its wackiness and goofiness. And not that maybe you should be running a wacky, goofy heist. Like, I don't think we had any, like, really slapstick humor in our game. But I think it's just from the, like, let things happen. Don't take this game too seriously. Just be responsive instead of, you know, um, like overly aggressively planning which that maybe doesn't really fit from the episode but like just have fun with this game like I don't I don't think you need to sit down and take it very seriously just let what happens happens and enjoy the ride more than it's like, I need to have this happen in my heist. And I want, you know, here's a B C D and they're going to hit each of these points because me, like I, like I said, I took this super loose. I had my general idea of each mission of what you guys were going to do, which is what also the game recommends you do. And then just run the story from there. Like, you know, like I gave you guys some NPCs and the initial instigating. And then outside of that, all I had was writing prompts for, encounters that might happen and like and found them to fit in the situation and then there were some encounters where you guys did it like uh, i didn't expect you guys to get caught being drunk and i just ended up you know moving you into that room and then you guys figured out how to get out of that building and stuff like that like that wasn't something i ran i had a concept of so like yeah just embrace the silliness of the show in the sense of it's wacky this game is isn't your this isn't your D hardcore like, the gameplay and the story can be hardcore, but you don't need to, like, have a, a world Bible and, you know, everything planned out and aggressive. Like, just, just have fun with it, I, I think, is the big thing. And then, like I said, the episodes are great for pulling any sort of heist thing, because they are, like... Of course they are. It's a TV show. They're going to do the most archetypical heist stories that you can do. So if you watch all those episodes, it'll also cover pretty much everything you need for heisting in a total of what four hours or something you instead of watching like eight movies you could watch all of those episodes and you could get like the whole playbook on heists
0: and a really great example of flashbacks and cutaways
3: mm-hmm. yeah they do that really solid but again if it, if you don't have solid flashbacks and cutaways in your heist movie it's not a good heist movie
0: <laughs> no um yeah i love brooklyn Nine-Nine. um i think the heist episodes like they're a reason why they became a regular like they're so incredibly good Mm -hmm. Um, I I also like like it showcases character variety really well in terms of like how each of those teams is going to respond to the heist Mm -hmm. is so varied in their techniques but yet entirely true to the characters themselves and so part of that like intrigue comes from you know these characters and so you're like okay so how are they going to do this
1: Hmm.
3: thank you for instigating that thought i did come with something else you can pull out of it in the later episodes they all start teaming up into smaller groups and they're all trying to perform the same heist in groups of like three two to three that is something that i, I kind of played a little bit with with having the guys try and like steal the gem from you and like the like there was potentially like the competing gang messing with you guys a little bit but like i think that would be a really cool thing that you don't see in a lot of heists of like yeah you guys are going after this but also the opposition force is also going after it. and so you're gonna have to fight off this other crew and maybe you don't kill them right off the bat because that would be too easy you know they they mess with you they you know throw a wrench in your plan then eventually they show up they rough you up but you know they get away and so you're constantly competing with this rival crew or a couple of rival crews to, you know, get into the same mission together.
0: All right. Well, that has been our lore and related media episode for Blades Against the Dark. These are all suggestions on... Wa- Blades, Blades
1: Against the Dark. The dark.
0: Blah, Blades, <laughs> and Blades against the dark. shadows in the dark. I feel it. Like, God, we're getting them mixed up. This has been our lore and related media episode for Blades in the Dark by Eagle Hat Productions. Uh, these are all conversations and topics that we've had to help inspire your next game. And if there's anything that uh, you would recommend that people check out, make sure you hit us up on social media or email us at cantripsandcoffee at gmail.com. But for now, I'm out of coffee and that means it's time to